0: This is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Tequila has come a long way from its reputation as simply a shot-based spirit into a liquid that people feel equally at home drinking in a cocktail or a sipping beverage. But tequila's popularity hasn't come without challenges, both in terms of authenticity, environmental concerns, and the blending of traditional methods with innovation. One brand that is walking the tightrope of craft tequila distilling is Tequila Tromba. We speak to co-founder James Sherry about the agave liquid, distillation and of course how to best use his tequila in a cocktail. Thank you for joining us, James.
1: Of course, happy to be here.
0: Now the obvious place to start would be with the name. What does tromba mean?
1: So tromba is actually a slang terminology used by the people of Jalisco in Mexico where we make our tequila. It's a name that signifies the intense rainstorms of the region that feed the blue Weber agave that grows in the hills surrounding Jalisco, which is the the source ingredient for our tequila.
0: Now, how did two Australians and a Canadian end up starting a tequila brand?
1: So the story of the founding of Trombo is really five stories: myself, um, Nick Reed, who I grew up with here in Australia; Eric Brass, our Canadian business partner; and Marco and Rodrigo Sedano, our production family. We've each come to it from different areas. But basically, it's a story of how Nick, Eric, and Rodrigo met a university in in Guadalajara back in 2005. And effectively, what happened with Nick and Eric was that exposure to the Mexican drinking culture, particularly in the city of Guadalajara, which is the center of the tequila universe. Everyone comes into drinking tequila for the first time, I think, with preconceived uh, notions of what it actually is, as a dirty drink, a harsh drink, and it was those experiences that they had while studying in Mexico that really changed their opinion on tequila. And it was something that's just sat in the back of their heads for a long time. Like I said, they, they had crossed paths with Rodrigo in their university days. I'd been able to go on and visit Nick while he was living in Mexico and he had introduced me to that, that same Mexican drinking culture. And it was through those experiences and, and I guess us as foreigners to, to that experience and wanting to bring it back to places like Melbourne and places like Toronto, it was really that notion in the back of our, our minds and that experience. We really wanted to share that with as many people as we possibly could. And short of actually going to Mexico and having that experience firsthand, we figured we could bottle something, bottle an experience, uh, create something that said everything we wanted to say about tequila and introduce it to people outside of the borders of Mexico. But like I said, it's five people coming together with you know different backgrounds and different ideas for, for what we could actually do as a brand and as a business. And that, that's wanting to capture that drinking experience idea so we partnered with Marco Rodrigo as our production family that we were able to actually make Trombo a reality.
0: When you started, the tequila market was a very different place than it is today. How difficult at that stage was it to start a brand?
1: It was a very difficult experience. Like I said, it, it didn't get going until we partnered with local people. Nick and myself, as guys who grew up in Melbourne, about as far away from tequila country as you possibly could get, we weren't able just to go over to Mexico and knock on the door and say, hey, we want to start a tequila company. It's a bit more complicated than that. Marco and Rodrigo on the ground and with not only their production expertise, but also their connections in terms of being able to find a distillery to kick off the project, being able to work with local agave growers, it wouldn't have come together without Marco or Rodrigo at the helm. So the actual you know, initial startup process in Mexico, whilst difficult, was made a lot easier with our team you know, on the ground, able to put it all together. And once we have been able to do that, then we have this product in our hands. We were working a long time at introducing our brand to people. And in some, in some respects, we're still working at that. We don't have a you know, massive marketing budget, we're a small company. We don't have a massive celebrity endorsement. We've got our own celebrities. his name is Marco Sedano. who is one of the most famous names in tequila, but we don't have that sort of big marketing approach. So really the difficulty based around it has always been the same in terms of just talking to as many people as we possibly could and getting liquid on lips. And we started doing that in 2010 and we've been doing it ever since.
0: How different is the market now? What's changed? How has selling changed?
1: A, a better educated market than it was 10 years ago. So I'd say the top tier of hospitality professionals have always had a, a decent understanding of agave spirits and definitely some have a, a massive passion for agave spirits. So. Talking to those people in the early days, it was easy to communicate what, what we were about and what Tromba was as a brand and as a product. But you would still get the occasional, oh, we don't sell much tequila here, or oh, we just have this cheap and nasty stuff for the people who, who ask for it. Whereas now, it feels like every bar, restaurant have a, a decent tequila offering, both top shelf, mid-range, and, and something that they sell out of the well. The education has certainly improved, and that's come from the top tier bars and restaurants putting good spirits on their back bar, not just tequila, but across the board. And also, in in turn, consumers learning about high quality agave spirits, demanding that the bars and restaurants they frequent carry it. So, if if I had to put it down to one thing, it's a better educated market today. You still have the occasional conversation with people who just, you know, don't seem to get it, but the overall consumer is definitely caught up and has garnered a certain acceptance uh, in the market as something that can be a premium spirit.
0: Now, the brand is using the tagline "Take Life by Storm," which obviously comes from the meaning of tromba. But what does that expression mean to you?
1: Um, what it means to us is is like you said, it does relate back to the Chumbra, and we're always trying to conjure up imagery of the highlands of uh, Jalisco where we make our tequila. But that idea of taking life by storm is definitely centered more in our entrepreneurial spirit. Something that definitely comes out of our our experiences in a you know mass market of of just having a crack, as we would say, take life by storm is basically a, a, a call to action to to you know follow your dreams to embrace your passion to pick up something like tromba you might not have heard of you might not have seen it before and and, and give it a try Marco and Rodrigo have, uh, for example definitely embody this take life by storm passion they Marco in particular has been working in the tequila industry for you know over 40 years and could definitely have a a, a comfortable job with a a much bigger brand but he decided after his experience with working with big brands to go out and do something on his own do something with his son something he can put his name to something he can be proud of and upset the norms of the tequila industry and take life by storm it embodies that entrepreneurial spirit that the brand has
0: now speaking of marco and his son how important was marco's experience with don julio how important has that been to the brand? He
1: was a master distiller at Don Julio for sixteen years, which is one of you know one of the biggest brands, if not the, the first first ever premium tequila brand to hit the mass market. His experience as it relates to tromba are twofold he about distilling those first batches of Don Julio was without permission from his boss he just had it stuck in his mind, a premium hundred percent agave tequila. It would be a worthwhile experiment, worthwhile project. Um, Something that wasn't shared by the the higher ups, the company was called Tres at the time, but he went and did it anyway. Forgive the um, harking back to your previous question, but to take life by storm and to have a crack at something new. That's his experience in that regard of actually producing a premium 100% agave um, spirit. Has massive ramifications not just for his time at Trauma, but for the industry as a whole, because the, the idea of premium tequila isn't that old. It's only come through in the in since the mid eighties. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is obviously us starting as a no name brand and a small company with an idea on paper, effectively where we got started before we started producing tequila. To have Marco's decades of experience, not only just in at Don Julio, but in the tequila industry in general was invaluable to get us started, to have someone who had the the skills he has as a distiller, the connections he has with agave growers to, to get premium ingredients, but then also to have that background, that story that we that we could pass on and, and use to educate potential buyers and potential consumers of Tromba. It's been huge uh, for us as a brand.
0: Now, you mentioned his relationship with growers. I imagine that's hugely important in the flavor that you're able to get from the liquid.
1: A hundred percent. If you start with poor agave, you're going to end up with poor tequila. There's just no way around it. You can potentially you know, mask some deficiencies with aging, things like that. But uh, majority of our tequila is our Blanco expression, which is an aged, it is the you know, purest form of tequila. So, to have high quality agave is absolutely crucial. And what Marco's experience, Marco's connections have allowed us has been not only access um, to agave, because agave is actually very hard to come by at the moment. We're in in the middle of an agave shortage, which makes production all the more difficult and all the more costly. So being able to rely on those relationships and afford us high quality ingredients to make sure that each batch of trauma is produced to marco's demanding standards has been uh, unbelievable we've had to get creative in terms of how we source our agave pay, paying for you know plants five years in advance and, and things like that in the past but the management that he and Rod- rodrigo do in terms of ensuring we get that access to the high quality ingredients has been first class it, it, it definitely translates to the overall quality of the product. Because as I said, that that Blanco tequila, which is unaged, there's no, you can't mask uh, any deficiencies in the agave. And I think that the Blanco tequila that we produce is is probably the best expression that we have. For that result, that high-quality agave is the direct result of that.
0: Now, you mentioned that the agave is grown in the highlands. How does the terroir of that rich red earth Come through with the flavor of the liquid?
1: So, there are two main tequila production centers within the state of Jalisco, which is the main tequila state in Mexico. The Tequila Valley, where the town of Tequila is, it has some beautiful tequila being produced there, but it's quite earthy and, and robust, whereas the tequila from the highlands definitely carries more what they call the, the the feminine characteristics you know the tequila from the region tends to be a bit sweeter a bit more floral in nature a bit lighter on the palate and the, the terroir you know the resulting agave that grows in those red soils of, of the highlands it's been described to me many times in relation to growing grapes and in, in some parts of a vineyard, you'll find a vine that has to grow up a, the side of a, a hill, doesn't get a lot of sunlight. And the byproduct of that is that grape works a bit harder to survive and will actually produce uh, a lot more sugar than one that grows in idyllic conditions in the sunshine. And the same is said for agave. So the soil of, of the highlands isn't as nutrient rich as that of the Tequila Valley. So the so has to work harder to survive. There's a difference in altitude of about 800 metres between the Tequila Valley and, and Los Altos, and that uh, affects the ambient temperature. So it's a lot colder in Los Altos, and that, again, has you know, a harsh impact on the agave. So, again, that, that agave grows a bit harder. The rainfall that Los Altos experience, we name our tequila after a rainstorm, they get a lot of rain in in Los Altos, and that can... Have nourishing effects, but it can also have uh, be a problem for agave. So again, that agave works harder to to survive. So these elements in Los Altos don't necessarily help all the time, and the resulting impact on agave is it works harder, it tends to produce more sugar than the the agave of different regions, and and we have a bit a bit of a sweet a bit of a more floral tequila as a result in the end product.
0: Now, your brand talks about production being equal parts science and art. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. So Marco
1: produces his tequila to pretty exact specifications. What I mean by that is, for example, the cooking of the agave in these brick ovens that we have called ornos. They they stack the agave a particular way. They set the temperature to... Uh, a specific degree they allow for a specific amount of time and it's very exacting in the way that they cook the agave so as to get a nice caramelized even cook all the way through these through these agave plants at the start of the process The, the the milling of the agave where they crush the agave and they introduce a purified water source to create the liquid that goes into fermentation that is a very exacting process as is the cultivation of wild yeast where we harvest our agave as well as the proprietary yeast strains that marco has produced to give trombo a distinct flavor is all a very scientific process and then you get into the distillation of the final product so that mosto goes into a 72-hour fermentation process and then they, they go in and distill that effectively it, it comes through fermentation and becomes an agave beer of sorts which is then distilled, a lot of the distillation process is down to Marco and Rodrigo actually being there to taste the product, to taste the distillation at every part of it. It's a lot to do with touch and smell and taste. So that, I guess that's where the art form comes in, where the final version of the product has as much to do with feel as it has to do with the uh, scientific a, a approach taken beforehand.
0: Now you have three expressions. What can people expect from each?
1: Well, yeah, we we actually have five expressions now. We have our three main expressions, and we've we've recently um, uh, produced a, a couple more in in a limited capacity. But just to start with our Blanco Tequila, for example. So that's our most popular expression as previously mentioned. It is RA completely. It's just what what comes off the still, the original tequila comes off the still at about fifty-five percent ABV. And then it is brought down to a more sort of palatable proof appropriate for mixing and all that sort of stuff so we have the blanco we have the reposado which is aged sort of six to eight months in ex-jack daniels barrels and that aging process imparts an oak flavoring that complements the sweeter agave flavor of the original tequila produces it something that's both you know versatile in terms of sipping and in terms of creating cocktails and then we have our añejo tequila which uh, is 18 to to 20 months, which just takes that aging process even a bit further. It's definitely more of a sipping tequila, something you would have as uh, as after dinner or just drunk straight. we have those three main main expressions of our tequila. So our Blanco tequila is a straight white spirit. It's For some people, it is the lightest version of what we do because it hasn't had the addition of the more robust oak flavoring. But for some people, they look at a white spirit and they think, oh, no, that's going to be the harshest because it hasn't been mellowed out by the aging process. So it really does depend on who's drinking it to compare reactions to this. But it is definitely the truest expression of that Highland Agave flavor that I was talking about it's generally sweet it's quite floral grassy on the nose I think it's very versatile to kill in terms of being able to sit down and mix uh, in cocktails it really is the, the, the hero I think of our lineup because of how versatile it is and how great of a I think a, an introductory tequila it is for people who maybe um, aren't used to drinking agave spirits. We often say that if you enjoy our Blanco tequila, then maybe agave spirits are for you. I think it's a very versatile, very pleasing Blanco tequila. And then you have the the Reposado. Definitely the introduction of the oak flavoring gives it a, a bit of an earthier quality, but also that introduction of oak and that time, that contact that oak has with the original tequila sort of caramelizes those sugars even further and you end up with definitely a more uh, caramelized agave flavor profile with the tequila it is definitely versatile as well in terms of its ability to sip it also mix in into cocktails eho definitely has more of a desserty quality to it you get, get like rich nutty flavors and chocolates and dried red fruits and that further caramelization of the agave flavors almost Gives it an agave honey kind of quality to it. Definitely more on the sipping side of things.
0: Now, if someone were to buy Tromba for the first time, let's say the Blanco, for example, what sort of cocktails would you recommend?
1: My favorite cocktail of all time is the Paloma. That is a simple highball cocktail. Uh, Mexicans would refer to it as a cantina drink where I mean, you would just build over ice Blanco tequila, some splash of lime juice grapefruit soda, and maybe garnish with lime wedge or a grapefruit wedge, or if you feel feeling fancy, like a ribbon of cucumber or something like that. And always, as in uh, tequila classic cocktails, uh, a salt rim or a pinch of salt. I think the Paloma is right up there with the gin and tonic in terms of it's a beautiful sort of aperitivo style cocktail refreshing you can have more than one of them it's just a great cocktail to enjoy in the sun that's definitely my pick of the cocktails for for you know using our blanco tequila. but like i said at the top is it it's definitely just my favorite drink of all time you can have a very fancy version of the Ploma cocktail at any high-end bar uh, restaurant you choose to go to and it's just as enjoyable making them when you're having a barbecue at home yourself it's delicious so that would be my pick for the Blanco but what the Blanco also has going for it is its versatility tequila classics like the Paloma and like any kind of margarita you would hope to to make yeah how Blanco tequila really does shine but also you can look at gin classic for example you know a Blanco tequila and tonic is a a delightful drink something incorporating egg whites you could do a tequila with egg white would be a delicious variation on a sour substitute blanco tequila for gin and a negroni and you have an excellent stirred down drink so you can look at a lot of gin classics and substitute in some blanco tequila for a different drinking experience i really do like the versatility that our blanco does afford people who are making cocktails not only in bars but also at home that being said When it comes to the Reposado, I think the Reposado makes our best margarita. I only came to this more recently, in the last uh, three or four years, I would say, having experimented every which way with our Blanco tequila for making margaritas. I started using our uh, Reposado in a more uh, traditional margarita build with tequila triple sec and lime. And I just think there's something about classic agave flavor of the tequila mixed with that oak flavoring you get from Reposado tequilas. It's a bit more expensive than Al Blanco, so it's a bit more of an expensive um, margarita, but it, it is delicious. Sadly, having done this for over 10 years, I can't drink more than you know one margarita a week these days. I get Sometimes I get heartburn just looking at margaritas. When I do it, I like to get a little bit fancy. So um, the Reposado makes, uh, makes a cracking uh, margarita. You can look at some classic cocktails and make tequila versions of those. Again, on the more Negroni fronts, or in this case, you would look at the Boulevardier and 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 sub in some some in some Trombe Reposado to make a different version of that drink, which is quite tasty. A, a, a tequila Old Fashion is is is, is uh, delightful with Reposado. That's certainly the possibility as well. And then, as far as the the Anejo goes, I don't drink a lot of cocktails really. I look at that almost as our Sort of dessert tequila with the uh, extended aging process, delightfully complex and pairs really nicely with those uh, richer, desserty flavors. I, I enjoy a glass of Erling with just a piece of dark chocolate. And I think that's just a beautiful way to drink it. If I you know, had to twist my arm, I'd lean more towards the old fashioned style just to let the tequila sing with the help of some sugar and bitters. It'd be Very nice.
0: Now, speaking of experimentation, what has the reaction of bartend been? Have they been experimenting with the tequila in ways you didn't expect?
1: It's funny because if you'd asked me this question seven or eight years ago, I'd probably say, oh, yeah, I I tried this and I was not expecting it and things like that. I've, I've definitely had every perceivable paloma riff you could think of from molecular mixology versions of a paloma where all you can taste is grapefruit and salt foam to go with your tequila and things like that but not a hell of a lot stands out trombas are brands that lended itself nicely to tequila classics like palomas and, and margaritas one of the craziest things i i tried and i got the recipe off this particular bartender this is a woman named amy Starr who's from Chicago and she used to work the bar at a place called uh, Naha in Chicago. Um, I'm not, sh- not sure if you're familiar with Chicago, but it gets damn cold there in, in the wintertime. So, this is getting towards Christmas. She made me uh, hot buttered tromba. And yeah, so are you familiar with like hot buttered rum cocktails, right? Yeah, so she did give me the recipe because I did make it at Christmas time for some friends. Not all that hard to, to replicate. You make a butter, a chocolate, orange, and you mix in a, a shot of this batter two shots of the Trombrenguejo and uh, top it with some hot water. So it's a part hot rum, part hot toddy, throw in some tequila and flavors and you have a hot buttered tequila. I can't see myself drinking at a cantina in Guadalajara on a really hot summer afternoon, but Christmas time in Chicago, it was definitely a winner.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Now you've also done a collaboration with Canned cocktail brand curat. How did that come about?
1: So the guys, a couple of the of the curative brand are guys we've known since Boogie basin got started in Melbourne. We worked alongside Jeremy Spencer, the gin brand at the time, They're a similar startup story to Tromba, and we worked alongside to Help support each other in those days. And Matt Sanger was running a, a bar group on Chapel Street and was a great supporter of uh Tromba Brand and had a certain all of his bars and, and things like that. So that just came about when they decided they were starting this, this company. They came straight to us with the idea and, and the want to put some high-quality tequila in their product. And having known them for a long time and wanting to support the brand, we thought, why not? It's not something that we've done before or looking to do you know en masse in the future these collaboration type arrangements but when you consider the people involved and, and you only have to look at the success of the curative brand to know that they were, they were really onto something and they're good operators yeah we we're, we're always gonna get involved and i'm, I'm glad we have they pu- they pulled out a terrific um margarita can and good luck to them they've they've created a, a terrific brand and it only helps us to be associated with that brand because the the rising tide raises all boats. It's been an interesting one with curative and, and margaritas. I think it's really helped establish the margarita as a favourite uh, cocktail for Australian drinkers in recent times.
0: Now, if people want to get hold of tequila, you're distributed throughout the U.S., and-
1: it's not in all states. I, I was—I lived in the states for seven years on behalf of the brand, and we had managed to, I think, just crack a dozen states by the time I left. We've, we've definitely opened up a, f- a few since. But because they run as fifty different, you know, individual spirits markets, it's a lot harder to to get that mass nationwide distribution. And, and also, sometimes it's not good to have the the entire country because you have to again, manage them as 50 different uh, markets. So it it's, can spread you a little bit thin. So we've positioned ourselves in strategic markets in the US and we'll be adding a few here and there, but not at nationwide level just yet.
0: And what about internationally?
1: We don't do any other markets outside of the US, Canada, Mexico and Australia. The two largest markets for tequila globally, the US and Mexico and as a stark drop off to the third largest market, so much so that there are states in the US that would be considered larger markets than countries in Asia and Europe. So we've decided to, to put our focus um, uh, squarely on the, the larger tequila markets uh, in North America before we make any global expansion plans. I'm sure we'll get there at some stage, but for the time being, there's still plenty of work to be done in North America.
0: Now, if people want more information, they can, of course, go to your website, which is tequilatromba.com, or they can connect with the brand on your socials.
1: Absolutely. Follow us on our social channels. Mainly, we do our main mode of communications these days through Instagram, which is at tequilatromba, very simply.
0: Excellent. Thank you, James, for taking the time to speak with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we'd also like to thank you for listening. Be sure to visit cocktails to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on iTunes until next time. Cheers.